Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. This is Chad. This week, I get to sit down with Dan, and Adrian's back with us. He's home from his honeymoon. We get to hear a little bit about that, and we get to talk about, we discuss the question, should I hire a coach? Now, if you're a leader in some way, and you're listening to this podcast, and you've heard some of these conversations, you might be wondering to yourself, when is the right time for me to bring somebody else into the conversation, another perspective, another point of view, somebody to help me see some of my blind spots. That is the topic of this conversation, and there's some great stuff that comes out of this. Also, at the end of the conversation, Adrian invites you to Intrepid, which is the coaching academy. Um, It teaches you how to facilitate these kinds of conversations in your organization. I'm gonna link that in the show description, but without further delay, Let's dive in. Gentlemen, it's so good to be with you again. Adrian, welcome back, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a couple shades darker. When I was in Costa Rica, I I uh, wasn't wearing any sunscreen on purpose, and Ali thought I was a maniac, which is, is true for many reasons. But um, it's good to be back from the sunny jungles of Costa Rica. And congratulations, you are a yeah. married man now. Married man, I know. I get to see my ring on these Zooms and think, oh, wow, look, look, it's real. It, it really happened. I was, we were chatting before, the, before we hit record, and I kept noticing the bling just kept catching my eye. I was like, wow, it's so weird to see Adrian with a wedding ring on. <laughs> it's true, gents. It's so fun. I love it. <laughs> well, we had, I mean, Dan and I, we had some fun together while you were gone. Um, no one to keep us in line. So, yep. so uh, I highly recommend nobody go listen to those episodes because they, right. they, they just get wild. You, you don't even know what's going to happen. So right. I, I'm sure the listenership has gone down 50% for this one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> No, we had some great conversations, but there was definitely a hole. Um, we both talked about it, and yep. uh, we're so grateful yeah. to have you back in the conversation. Man. Yeah, it's good to be here. In fact, we yeah. push this. We push this cut this subject so you could be here because I I know you're going to have a lot to contribute on this deal. Yeah, I'm passionate about this topic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it was sparked because Adrian, you you actually did an Instagram little short Instagram thing recently about it. Um, yep. That caught my eye. Uh, I also have been just doing market research and been um, go- like finding out what people are googling, like questions that people are asking Google about executive coaching or leadership coaching. Um, that sort of stuff. And the, the number one question that people are asking Google about executive coaches or about leadership coaching is when is the right time to hire right. an executive coach or a leadership coach? And, yeah. and if you think about it, that's one of the biggest concerns I think as a coach too, is this, this person right, right on? Is this, are they up for it? Like there's a lot to talk about in this one. Oh, yeah. amen. Um, I, that's exactly right, Dan. I think that's, you know, that's so much of the work we do is, is in the introduction, in the potential of working with somebody, we're evaluating, are they up for it? Is it, is it the right time for them? Are they ready to jump into this conversation and, and put something at stake that's going to be required um, to, to, to create what they want? So I thought it'd be great to have a conversation amongst us 
just to just to start talking about it. And it might be helpful for some of our listeners that have been questioning. Maybe maybe I should be hiring a coach. Maybe I should be working with a coach. Is it right? Am I in the right position? That sort of stuff. So um, I didn't I don't know exactly where to start this conversation, um, but uh, I thought it, it might be fun to maybe talk about some of the questions that we ask or that you guys ask when somebody's approaching you to see if it's a good fit or to see if they're in the right position to, to work with you. Uh, how do you start the conversation with somebody who comes to you and says, Adrian, Dan, uh, I think I need a coach or I think I want a coach. Um, what, what, how are you going to, how are you going to carry that conversation or, or at least jump into that conversation with them? Yeah. Well, you know, almost all of the people I have this conversation with, uh, know somebody that we've worked with. Yeah. So, so usually when I am I'm in a conversation, usually some nice cordialities at the beginning and get to know you type stuff. And then we, I talk about the connection that, Oh, who connected us? Oh, Jen connected us. Oh, great. And they talk about Jen for a second and there's some camaraderie there and some, you know, some trust that's already there because Jen trusts me and that person trusts Jen. So they come in pretty, you know, generous to the conversation um, but I, I, I almost always go to this question, which is what were you talking about with Jen? And when coaching came up, like, what were you talking about? Uh, because almost all these kind of referral conversations happen over lunch or happen over coffee or happen over something. And they're talking about something and a client of mine says, Hey, I got a guy you want to talk to. And so I'm always curious about what led up to the at least in the mind of a client of mine, what led up, like what was the story happening or the description happening or the complaint happening or the whatever, fill in the blank, happening that my client said, you know what, Adrian can help. Mm. So, I, so I wanted to usually jump in and that's, it's a shortcut. It, it's, it's a way to get them to talk about their challenges um, by telling a story. And so it kind of approaches because I don't know them at all and they don't know me at all. Um, and so it gets them to talk about some of the issues that they're going through by kind of telling the story about what happened over lunch. So that's usually where I, where I jump in. That's how the conversation starts. And I'm always really, there's lots of things um, that I'm paying attention to um, in the storytelling. So um, whenever they're describing what they're going through, I'm noticing what their relationship is to the circumstances themselves, meaning are they responsible for them or not responsible for them? Are they here just to, are they here to complain about it and looking for a solution to them? Are they, are they here to explore them and understand their contribution towards it and lead their way through it? And there's like multiple of these kind of gambits or whatever, or paths turns in the road, if you will, that make them, a person that's really prime for coaching or a person that's here for something else. And the something else could be their next friend that helps them bitch about what's wrong with their life. There, the something else could be some kind of therapist to make them feel better about how bad things are. Um, their next, um, this could be somebody else to take responsibility and just give me the formula to solve my issue. They could be looking for those things, but that's not my work. So I'm listening for what they're looking for. And if they're looking for any of those things, I could make a list of probably 10 more if we had more time um, that I know that at least in the initial phase, they're, they're wanting me to be something that I'm not willing to be. Mm. 
Um, and, and they don't know that yet. Cause they, most of, most people I've worked with have never worked with a coach before. So they don't even know what this is. Yeah, you know, yeah. they don't know what the dynamic is. They don't know the purpose of it yet. They have a hunch because of something great has happened in their friend's life and they want something great happening in their life that maybe there's something here. So, so I'm listening for their relationship to reality. It would be like maybe a philosophical way of doing it, but of saying it, but that's what I'm listening for. And if I know if I've got somebody that's, that is ambitious and, and high level of ownership, uh, ownership, meaning that might make sense to everybody, but I just want to make it distinct. Like realizing that anything in their life, I say this to first cli to potential clients all the time, whatever you've got going on in your life, you've either created it or allowed it. Yeah. And, and those might all still be in the creation phase, but I want to at least let them know there's like, there's an active way of generating something and there's a passive way of generating something. But, but for the, but the overarching theme is you're creating everything. And if they're not up for standing like that in their life, then I don't want to work with them because there's no power. You know, life's happening to them um, versus I'm happening and I'm getting fruit of the happening. And that's called my life. That's called my leadership team. That's called my results. That's all fruit of how they're showing up in the process. Now, I'm saying this like and I'm going on for a while. I'll shut up in a second. I'm saying this like um, that it, it seems like that's like a criteria for me. It is. It is in order to see if we want to work together at the end of the conversation or maybe in the next conversation. In the beginning, I'm going to lay out for them a way of approaching their life, a mindset by which they will see like a, a filter by which they will process or a, um, we would call it a stand, a stand that they're willing to take or not take in their life. I'm going to offer that to them, which is going to be re almost always very distinct from the way they came into the call. And how they respond to that stand or that commitment or that mindset, if that gets them salivating, if that gives, I mean, a lot of times I'll say something and they'll be like, that sounds a lot better than what I was saying. I'm like, yeah, isn't that interesting? Same data, different relationship to reality. All of a sudden, my relationship that I've offered to you is a huge opening. Your, the way that you framed your reality is a shutdown. Mine's an opening. Which one do you want? And I pause like that and let them, that's a real serious choice. And that, which has always been available for them, but they just haven't seen it. So my point is that I don't expect them to come in with a very generative view or a very high ownership view. I don't expect that. And part of the work on a first call is to, you know, be with them in a way that they'll be open to something new happening when they came on to say something or to prove something, mostly just because they're human beings and we all do that. I, I, I'm going to just one second, Dan, hold your thought. I just wanted to capsulize that because that was going to be my question as you were talking about this is like, are those disqualifiers or are you, are you both paying attention to that and paying attention or listening for how open they are for a different viewpoint or a different perspective or a different reality in which they are the owners of their reality. And you answered that beautifully. I just wanted to, I wanted to like, put that in a shell, make it concise. Um, because that's so important is like some people may be coming to you without ever hearing this perspective of, of radical ownership. Um, but, but you're gauging how open they are to the, to the idea that maybe they can own everything in their reality. Yeah. Um, 
it's only a disqualifier is if they're really committed to the view that life's happening to them. And please help me make the best of the shitty hand I've got. Yeah. Now that isn't going to work for them. Definitely not going to be a big opening for our work together. Yeah. Um, instead, I am, I am definitely offering a new perspective. And I know it's, it's going to be quite disruptive. And it's going to sound like a bunch of bad news. Because, you know, we like to complain about things because we usually get to be right about it. Yeah. And, and I'm not in that who's right and who's wrong. I'm saying who's leading and who's not. Are you generating a future or are you, are you just living in fate mm. and living in like your powerlessness? Or are you kind of, are you harnessing all the potential that you've got to make a difference for yourself, your team, your family, your legacy? Are you in that game? And that's the very unapologetic game that I'm playing, which is I'm going to say you're responsible for everything. Now, if that's, it is a hard pill to swallow because it's just a dangerous idea. And I usually talk yeah. about it. I'll, I'll say to them when I'm first meeting them, I say, I believe some really crazy ideas. And let me tell you one of them that I generate every experience I have in life. Now that's a crazy idea. It's a dangerous idea because I'm saying I'm responsible. Most people don't want to sign up for that, but just so you know, that's the camp I'm coming from because there's, if I create whatever I've got, if it's great, I help generate it. If it's shitty, I help generate it. Good, good. Back to me. What do I need to do? What shifts do I need to make? Um, so it's not a disqualifier unless they're unwilling to shift. Mm. It's, it's the perfect place. And we're, we're kind of answering the question, when's the right time to hire a leadership coach or an executive coach? But really, we're saying, um, when's the right time to hire us? Because <laughs> this <laughs> yeah, is distinct, <laughs> yes. right? Because this is distinct. Some people Absolutely. are going to get on and listen and almost like a therapist, take notes the whole time, maybe give some advice at the end and, and, and pitch to them an incremental process or plan by which they could make the situation better. Yeah. I'm not into incremental. I'm not into a plan that is going to make the difference. I'm into them making the difference. And I'm into exponential right now. Like a shift can happen right now. A breakthrough can happen right now. So some coaches are going to come that way and I'm never going to come that way. I'm going to come to right now. Um, so. What were the two words you used exponential and the, the other one you used to describe the plan? Like the, do you remember? Yeah. Well, I, I think I was saying that some people are going to, are going to listen and give some advice and then out of that, out of that advice, generate a plan by which they can incrementally make things Incremental. better. Yes. <laughs> Got it. And I'm, I'm going to, I want to get them in the ownership seat of their life, which yeah. is probably not how they came on the call. Right. And there's a couple of reasons for that, but I want to, I want to go at this at a different angle in a second, but definitely you don't know what's really, you have, we have no idea what leap this person can make. And so to make a plan is to predetermine what they're going to be up to and when. When they, they have the capability or the, their ability, their power to make it to transform is a very, if we're speaking into a complex background of experience and network, et cetera, we have no idea. So the idea, if the coach has got to hold the highest idea and work from yeah. there, it's calling them. And, and the only way we're going to get there is if somebody's a willing agent, standing responsible for what it is yeah. they want to have happen. Right. But, but going to your question from a 
kind of the client's perspective, like as a client, God, how do I know when it might be appropriate for me to, you know, like it's a good time, right time, however you want to say it. Yeah. Me yeah. Take on a coach. <clears throat> and I think we, we touched on it here quite elegant. I think Adrian touched on it a number of times elegantly, which is, Hey, <clears throat> I have something I'm, I want to have happen. I, something I'm dissatisfied with the current state it's in. And I have yeah. a future state that is, as Adrian would say, pestering me, it's gnawing at me. It's yeah. pulling my attention and I want to do something. I want to have it happen, but everything I've done so far has left me in a state of frustration. I know there's yeah. more available and I can't get to it. Yeah. And, and so that's when I look for coaching. I know that's when Adrian looks for coaching. We both have called on each other and other people to help us see things when we get to that place. And that might be in, multiple it might be in one domain or it might be in multiple domains probably the thing that's preventing me in one domain has got me blind in others it just hasn't been relevant yet right like like that so one of the things we you know i do is we're working to get people so that they can identify for themselves self kind of diagnosing if you will or and then self change they can like take responsibility to make a move and they have an idea of how to access a resource that they, by, by the way we've been with them, that they, could, they didn't before. So they're going to become more uh, capable or, you know, competent at even discovering what's missing in other domains once they take on how we're, how we're with them and kind of the framework of how we go after a problem. They're going to be certainly see the possibility of inviting other people into the conversation that they know may possess resource experience talent that's going to be relevant to what they're up to right so yeah um I'll, maybe i'll give you an example yeah that'd be great so i was on a, a conversation with a guy and he jumped on referral from a friend and he's uh been through divorce and you know I just asked him, well, what, what do you want me to know about you? Just because people want to tell you their story and they want to, they want, they, they, they want to tell you their history and where they come from. And that's cool. I could spend five hours. I've got lots of questions. I'm interested. I'm a very curious guy by nature. So I, I'm interested in everything, but I, I asked him, what do you want me to know about you? Now it's going to tell me a lot of what he chooses to tell me. And one of the first things he said, he's like, well, I've, I've got this business and blah, 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 blah. And it's all really going very well. And, but I'm, I want to talk about personal things. And, but through while he was telling me about some of the business things, he was giving me some anecdotal facts about his business. There's lots of mess going on, but he didn't want to talk about that. And he seemed pretty resigned about that. And, and it just, that's, that kind of is what it is. And here's why I made it. And he went through it and just gave me all the reasons why da, 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 keep this person around, keep this person around, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. But I want to talk about the, the personal stuff. And he's been through a divorce and he's learning how to co-parent and da, 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 da. And, it, it, all that is actually kind of where he wants it to be. Um, really, it's it's he, he was really clear, very responsible, very clear. I was I was impressed by his storytelling. He did say he um, he did say one thing that I stuck out. He said I forgot I was an alpha in the process, 
And, and that, that showed up in the way that he contributed to the breakdown of the marriage. I forgot who I was, essentially. I forgot that I was a leader. He'd been playing very passively and that it generated the divorce. He'd been very passive. And this guy's a, a world-class leader. And I'm cueing on that. Now, that's a way of being conversation. Now, what could that mean? It means like he's leading, like taking charge, leading something forward, having an opinion, pushing things. I'm wondering now, that opens up 15 questions for me. I wonder where he's been playing the nice guy or where he's been passive when he knows, based on what you were saying, Dan, there's a possibility for him that's bothering him or nagging at him and pestering him. And he's got this, I kind of, I kind of want this stuff in the future. Um, but I've been busy acting like I don't, but I really do. Mm-hmm. Right. He's been justifying not being willing to take a stand for it. And that takes a lot of energy, especially mm-hmm. if you're a, dri- a driven person like that level of, it's, 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 it's an invisible form of like self-betrayal where it's like, I know what's possible for me in my life. I know that even though this guy in particular, very successful, he's put it in second gear and justified it. And I wonder what it would like, would look like for him if he were to keep it in fifth gear and what conversations could happen in that divorce with the, with the woman he's co-parenting with, what could happen for him in his multiple organizations that he runs, what could happen for him. And I want to talk about that to your point, Dan. Mm-hmm. And, and if he doesn't want to talk about that, that's great, but don't hire me. You're right. if you just want to like talk about how you feel about the divorce. I'm expensive for that. There's lots of people you can go process your divorce with um, or just go talk and share your feelings and wonder how you're feeling about it. And I say that kind of glibly. Um, I don't mean to talk about uh, yeah, I don't mean that. That's that's not not my yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a you know, I, I don't know who I think this guy Rich Litman. I think he called it the um, the lamp post. Um, the, uh, the the what did he call it? The lamp post analogy. Anyway, he was just saying his point. This is a coach guy. He was just saying if every day you went out and told your stories and complained to the lamp post, if you did that every day, your life would get better. <laughs> Just had some place to kind of go talk to some inanimate object, go talk to your dog about what's going on for you. You're probably going to be more grounded afterwards. Maybe you're probably whatever. You're going to be more connected, maybe whatever. And your life will get better that way. But that's not, that's not what a coach is there to do. A coach is there to open up to really stand for you. And once again, I say coach, like it's us. I don't know other coaches, but to your point, Dan, I just wanted to connect, tell the story to connect with. There's a future that this guy um, is un, has in the conversation was unwilling to really entertain. And I want to be right there because if I aim right there, it's going to open up all of his challenges, all of his, you know, all of his conversations between his ears that he's not talking about all of his own insecurities and type a people, very successful people are just as insecure as everybody else. They just know how to deal with it. And they, they might even be more insecure than other people. They just work around it in a more strategic way uh, or have more resources around them. But, and I guess to make the distinction, they can keep being successful externally with all that. They're not going to have the experience of aliveness that we're going after mm. with all that, with their current relationship to all that is what I really mean. So 
that, anyway, the, the, the heart of the matter for coaching is to, there's no conversation too challenging. There's no end too deep to get into. There's no like heavy stuff and light stuff. There's none of that. It's all grist for the mill. There's no soft and like, hard skills. <laughs> no, it's just all what's wanted and needed. I mean, I'm, I was just talking to a guy today that runs a billion dollar company. And we're talking about why he likes to be ashamed. That's like a, now, now where do you go to have that conversation? Most people don't ever have that conversation. Number one, number two, they might read a book about it. Number three, they might go to a shrink. That's kind of it. Those are your options. Not talk about it, read a book about it, maybe bitch to your friends about it or blame your mom and then go to a shrink. Um, And I'm here saying that everything going on in his life is connected to this conversation. Yeah. Well, can I, can I put a pin right there? And just, I have this, I have this idea that, so just stick with me. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that that gentleman didn't come to you, Adrian, with the initial conversation of like, Adrian, I need a coach because I'm ashamed. Yeah. I'm guessing that wasn't the initial conversation. So I, I, I mentioned I've been doing a bunch of research recently and I have, I happen to have a, a good friend who is a, he works for a coach matchmaking company. So they match, um, like they match over 30 executives with coaches per month. And the cool thing about that, it's not necessarily the model that I think is most powerful. Um, but the cool thing about that is that they have all this data Right. And so they have a list of the challenges or the problems or the circumstances that executives, uh, like the top reasons executives are looking for a coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to, I just want to read maybe the first 15 of them. And I would love to get your guys's reaction because all of the stuff, the deep ends that you're talking about aren't, aren't the, the first initial reason I think that in, in, yeah. in leaders' minds, why they're yeah. looking for a coach. So right. I just want to get some of these out there. Our time is short, but I'd love to hear your reaction to it and, and where maybe even how does it go from these to, oh, I'm ashamed and that's affecting every area of my life, including my business and growth and all of the reasons I came here first. So here we go. All right. So number one was hiring effectively. Number two, scaling the business. Three, building a good foundation or organizational structure for massive growth. Next, delegation that works with high autonomy, but high visibility. Managing executives and managers of managers. Fundraising. Board meeting prep. Co-founder conflict. Increasing revenue. Product strategy. Product market fit support. Personal leadership development. I love that one, but it's it's incredible that personal our uh, personal leadership is like number. I don't I don't know what number we're on now because I don't have a number, but it's like number thirteen. Cultivating a great, open, and autonomous culture. Prioritization and time management, and accountability where it matters most. Yeah. Well, I'll take a first swing. I mean, if anybody's listening to this, I don't know what you noticed about that list. What I noticed about the list was, um, fortunately or unfortunately, human beings are the X factor. 
almost all of them are human being centric. Um, they might not seem that way, like building and building a structure for scale. That seems like a really great idea. You know, if you're building a building and you're talking about, you know, I beams and vaults and blah, blah, blah. Great. But we're not doing that. A, a, a structure is human beings. <laughs> so how do I generate, generate a conversation where people want to exponentially uh, multiply their output? That's an inside game all day long. That's not a structural issue. That's a mindset and a conversational issue. That's a conversation about trust. It's a conversation about communication, a conversation about information, a conversation about power dynamics, a conversation about authority and responsibility and reporting. And those are all human being conversations. So anytime people are thinking that the issue is structural or mechanical, they're going to give a mechanical or a structural solution. And that won't work. It sounds good. It sounds great. But the human beings that are running the structure are always going to make the structure like them. Always. It always, I mean, structure follows human always. I say that's like gravity. So that's, that's why you can put four, three people into the same structure and they'll all produce differing diverse results. Right on. Right. So when I heard it, I said, Oh, that's an aim issue. All those are aim issues. And that, the aim, the conversations that go with those aims. Like if you're aiming at, I, I love what Adrian said. Yeah, that's great. You know, you want to build a, a scalable structure or system. Well, <laughs> the scalable system is a result. It's an outcome. It isn't, it's an, so what do you aim at? So that that outcome is what's most likely to occur. And that, that, that takes more, you know, that's not something you can just go, well, it's A, B, C, D, right? This is, this is the gap between human and AI. <laughs> there's, there's a, once you get the conversation down, once you know what to listen for, then, you know, you might be able to get a machine to go along and help you with it, but it's still yeah. going to require the ability. It's like we as human beings, so I'm going to go a little philosophical here, but you know, we're steeped in this Cartesian way of thinking, which is, and you can just say it this way, the scientific mindset, that's the Cartesian thinking. And it, it's, it's like, I'm going to go out and work on something. I, and, and what I'm going to work on is fractionalizing whatever I'm studying. I'm going to take it apart and look at all the parts. And then when I see all the parts, I'm going to think I understand what I'm looking at. So I can take a bird and dissect it look at all its in its parts and think I understand what a bird is, but I do not understand who the bird is, how it engages with its environment. What I, I'm not going to be able to, to understand the relationship it has with its environment, with other birds, how it lives. And that's what we tend to not teach in manage in business school. We're great at taking the, the problem apart we don't understand how the parts relate to each other and to the environment that the, the, they're in. And that's really what I hear Adrian getting at is we, we focus on that relationship, the relationship 
between the parts and yeah. what what relationship will produce the most optimal meaningful production that we could have given the aim or the project or whatever we're out to have happen and that's a yeah. very different way of being and that's under being able to leave you notice adrian listens what to what if we used inside talk as what the meta conversation is he's listening to what they're aiming at he's just listening to what they really want not where they're looking they think where they're looking is the place that they're going to find it and that's right. where and and there's certainly value there but it, we're going to be looking at what relationship is it going to take what way of showing up with it with it, with people with yourself on an ongoing basis and others and, and engaging and getting them in the right place, so on and so forth. We can go on forever. Yeah, yeah. so we're out of time. Unfortunately, I, we could have blocked out a much bigger amount of time for this conversation, yeah. and maybe we should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it'd be fun. The reason, if I could just distill what I hear you guys saying to kind of cap that off is um, it's okay. It, it, it's, it's, um, yeah, I guess I'll just use the word okay. It's okay to be looking for a coach if you're, weren't looking to solve some of these challenges in your business, that that's great. Um, also be open to the idea that if that wasn't the problem, would you want to know? Are you open to looking different places? Namely what I hear you guys saying relationally, what, what's the breakdown in the relation uh, relationally that you haven't been able to create these things that you say you want? Yeah. That, fair enough. Sure. What's well, the core? It's the core. It's the core of leadership. Yeah. So, it, and we're only coaching leaders. So leadership is always a relational game. Always. Uh, uh, you know, there's lots of things you could do and you might call it leadership, but it's not leadership, you know? So, <laughs> right. It's something else. It's something else. Well, and what's, you know, so I'll just give, I know we're out of time, but yeah. the, the, the precise example is, how to plan for a board meeting. Now you could Google that. Go ahead. Just Google it. How to plan for a board meeting. You can get that answer. Or you can just go talk to your board and say, hey, how should we run these meetings? But the fact that the fact that this person's had about, I don't know, five or six really shitty board meetings. And now is the time that they're asking themselves how to run a board meeting. That's where the juice is mm -hmm. and what they're making up about the board and what they're making up about themselves and why they can't run a board meeting. And anyway, all this that's really where leadership resides and how they're leading themselves. And I know and who I'll you're talking about. And I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just, uh, I'll, I'll do the last final here. And I, I don't ever mind giving a plug, which is just an idea of an invitation for anybody listening. So, you know, we do a, a leadership training course um, called the Intrepid, mm -hmm. which is where some people can come in because they want to coach like we coach. Everybody that goes through is going to have more tools at their disposal that they can easily employ um, so they can lead like we lead. That's called the intrepid. Intrepid meaning like to take on courage, to go get something done. And there's three, do there's three domains of that. How do I, how am I leading myself, which is not just being myself, like my past told me, but how do I take everything that's been, that's happened, everything inside of me and aim it at something that's worth having? That's number one. Number two is how do I, how do I have that conversation in such a way that other people want to do it too? How do I lead other people? Um, that's the second domain. The third one is out of all that, generating results. 
like making shit happen in real time, money we can count, and uh, types of clients we can count on, employees that are loyal, all that. Those are all results that are gonna happen in real time. So um, if folks are interested in this and interested in leading like this, um, reach out to us and we've got a, we've got a training coming up here in a couple months that we'd love to invite you into. It'll be linked in the description too. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. This thanks is great. So much. Thanks, man. Thank you. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the Naked Leadership Podcast. Your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us. If this podcast or these conversations has helped or inspired you in any way, would you mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review? This helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams. Finally, the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life. Until next week, bye-bye, everybody.